It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Glad you're with us this morning. A snowy one in the Twin Cities. Yours truly, Sam Ekstrom, on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom. Not in the Cumulus Studios as usual. Thought it would be more prudent to stay home in the old home office today. On today's show, we have some news to get caught up on. Some breaking news, actually. And one correction to make from yesterday. We'll start with the correction brought to my attention by the loyal listener at KLGN on Twitter. Reminding me that fifth-year options are not picked up on non-first-round draft picks. I mentioned Jarek McKinnon had a fifth-year option coming up. Not true. Jarek McKinnon, a free agent after this coming year. I think that's probably the route the Vikings might have gone with it anyway, but there's no option for the fifth. Got to remember that when it seems like the Vikings have all these guys facing fifth-year options, whether it was Patterson, Floyd, Rhodes last year, and now Teddy and Barr coming up. Next, we have some news. This actually broke over the weekend, and Sage and I didn't get to it yesterday. Pat Shermer named the permanent Minnesota Vikings offensive coordinator. Not all that surprising of a move. Here's what Mike Zimmer had to say about Shermer during his season-ending press conference. Quote, Pat did a very, very good job, especially under the circumstances that he was put in. I think offensively we improved a lot in the passing game. You can look at the statistics from when he started going and things that we've done after that. I think he had a great relationship with Sam. I think the offensive players respect him and will just figure out all those things. As promised, they waited a few days after the season and they decide that Pat Shermer will be extended as the O.C., There's no denying that he was more creative and more successful than Norv Turner. But it was also a different team. The Vikings were 31st and 28th in passing yardage with Norv Turner. But they also had a better running game. Last year when they were 31st, they won 11 games and were a top 5 running team. So if there's ever a time where it's acceptable to be a bottom 2 passing team, I guess it was last year. This year the Vikings were 18th in passing yardage with 3,800 36 yards, about 240 yards per game. The quarterback, Bradford, got sacked 38 times. Believe it or not, that was only 10th worst in the league. As bad as we thought the offensive line did, and they were pretty bad, there was still a team out there in the Cleveland Browns, the hapless Cleveland Browns, that surrendered 66 sacks. That's over four sacks allowed per game. Ouch. I mean, wow. No wonder they went through 18 quarterbacks this year. 
I thought Pat Shermer did a great job being unpredictable when he came in. The Vikings were rushing it on first down well over 50% through the first seven games. Then Pat Shermer came in, and immediately against Detroit, they threw it more than they had all year on first down, and they eventually concluded the year with 215 rushing attempts on first down, 213 passing attempts on first down, just about even. That's a result of Shermer finding a better balance. Who knows, maybe Turner would have learned that rushing wasn't going to work last season. But Shermer instituted what he wanted to do right away, and he got some better results. Problem is, those results weren't always manifested in terms of points. The Vikings scored 19.9 points per game with Turner and 20.9 points per game with Shermer. Granted, to the credit of Shermer, there was a lot more defensive scoring going on when Turner was around. I think we actually saw the best Shermer had to offer, though, later in the season. The loss at Detroit was a real wake-up call for the Vikings because after that, they started throwing it downfield far more. Against Dallas, they tried a ton to work it downfield and they just couldn't connect. Against Jacksonville, they succeeded three times early in that first half. At the Packers, they were able to do it quite a bit and then home against the Bears to end the year. The Vikings became far more explosive with the exception of that Indianapolis game later in the season. Or at least, they had the potential to be explosive. And it seemed like, as a result, the run game maybe woke up a little bit from its slumber. Tough to fully evaluate Shermer when the offensive line was as poor as it was. A lot of that falls on Sperano. Shermer's job next year, improve red zone, improve goal line, and short yardage in general. And honest to goodness, improve the third down passing. The Vikings completed... 108 passes on third downs. They only had 67 first downs. That means there were 41 times when they completed a pass on third down and did not get past the sticks. That has to change. Locked on Vikings, Locked on Podcast Network on a Tuesday. Make sure to check out one of our top shows, Locked on NFL Draft. Get ready for the draft coming up. Also, Locked on Timberwolves with Zach Bennett. Minnesota coming off a big win against Dallas last night. Carl Anthony Towns, monster game. And now the bit of Minnesota Vikings breaking news, I promise. Coming out last night, Scott Turner fired as Minnesota Vikings quarterback's coach. Turner out after three years. To be honest with you, I was surprised to see it worded that way. It would not have surprised me if you said Scott Turner is going to resign or there would be some sort of mutual parting of ways just because who knows what kind of bad blood you have left over from the Norv Turner rift, schism, what have you. Maybe the Vikings want somebody more aligned with what Pat Shermer wants to do. Obviously, Scott coming from his dad's coaching tree. We'll see if the Vikings make a hire on this shortly. There's a very good chance that Shermer had somebody in mind. And the Vikings made this move, not necessarily because Scott Turner was bad at his job. I think he actually did a fantastic job this year getting Sam Bradford ready. Probably the toughest job that Scott Turner had was getting Sam Bradford up to speed with the code names and the lingo at the same time as having to game plan for the upcoming defense. When I asked Sam earlier in the year what the biggest challenge was, he said it was that. Finding time to watch film and get ready for a defense when you don't even know the offense you're running yet. 
people don't always realize how much the quarterback's coach actually interact with the quarterback. During a game, the quarterbacks are not really talking to the offensive coordinator that much. It's mostly the quarterback's coach. I remember asking Sam and Pat about whether or not the communication changed when Pat chose to call plays from the sideline. And Sam said, no, we really don't talk that much during the game. It's mostly myself and Scott interacting. So the quarterbacks coach are totally hands-on during the game. And if you've heard Sage on this show in the past, he's always said that during the week, you're locked in a little room with the quarterbacks coach. And they are the ones kind of getting you through the game plan and spending the most quality time. Scott Turner spent a lot of late nights with Sam Bradford getting him ready for this season. There's not much to dislike about Scott Turner unless he told Sam Bradford not to be mobile, which I don't think he did. You wonder if offensive coordinator might be in the future for Scott Turner. He's been a college offensive assistant, college wide receivers coach, and an offensive coach for three different NFL teams. He's only 34, but with a name like Turner, you got to think he'll land on his feet somewhere. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst. We promised two more player evaluations today on Locked On Vikings, and we will deliver, sticking with the running backs and the defensive line. If you missed yesterday's show, we did Jarek McKinnon and Everson Griffin. Today we'll discuss Matt Asiata, who had another workmanlike season, 402 yards, just over three yards per carry, in his career. Five seasons. Matt Asiata has yet to exceed four yards per rushing attempt, and he has yet to be below three. One of the most consistent running backs in his own way. Although the saying with Asiata has often been, if you want one, he'll get you three. If you want nine, he'll get you three. But this year, he seemed to struggle quite a bit getting that one at times. Vikings needed him to get three on numerous occasions. Matt finished with six touchdowns this season, had 38 targets, 32 receptions in the passing game. All-purpose yards, 665. He's going to be a free agent this upcoming year. He made $760,000 base salary, plus $80,000 worth of bonuses for a total of $840,000 last year. And as maligned as Matt Asiata is with this fan base for his inability to break off anything explosive, and as I mentioned, his inability to win in some of those short yardage situations this past year, I could see the Vikings bringing back Asiata on yet again another very small deal. He's tested free agency before. I don't think there's much demand. He's extremely affordable. And yes, he's your best blocking running back. Asiata is above average in pass protection, much better than Jarek McKinnon, much better than Adrian Peterson, and he's always been that safety blanket that kept Peterson from getting too exposed on third down. Now, here's the caveat. If the Vikings draft a bell cow back, somebody who's going to play on all three downs and be a workhorse, maybe if they make a gigantic splash and sign Le'Veon Bell in free agency, then Asiata might lose a grasp on his role. If the Vikings have a competent third down back, we may not see Asiata in 2017, 
as Yada is probably one man who, ironically, as a running back, is rooting for Adrian Peterson to reclaim his spot on the depth chart. Our second eval of the day, Linval Joseph, snubbed from the Pro Bowl this past year after an extraordinary 2016 season, played all 16 games, four sacks, made 37 tackles, forced three fumbles, lined up as a lead blocker in two different games. He's got two years left on his contract, making just under $7 million each of the next two years, and I think he's worth every penny. Joseph's still just 28 years old. Looking back, how good have those past couple free agency classes been? Linval, Joseph, Terrence Newman, Captain Munerlin. When the Vikings have splashed for outsiders, they have done a marvelous job, and Linval Joseph is no different. Had that weird first season in Minnesota where he got shot in a freak accident early in the season. Had a decent year his first year in the system, but has turned into a monstrous player the last two years. He does more than a nose tackle often does. Oftentimes, nose tackles are strictly big bodies who take up space, help out the linebackers just with their girth. But Joseph splashes. The former second-round pick, inexplicably not asked to be in the Pro Bowl. The last impressive thing about Linval, the number of snaps he played. Linval is a big man. But he played 70% of the defensive snaps. He came off in certain rushing downs when they put Tom Johnson and Brian Robinson inside. But it was refreshing to have Joseph for all 16 games. The Vikings really missed him when he was out last season. It's Locked on Vikings, Locked on Podcast Network. We'll have Sage Rosenfels back on the show tomorrow. For now, I'm Sam Ekstrom, snowed in in the man cave in the Twin Cities. We'll rejoin you in the booming Cumulus Studios tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Hey, Locked On Minnesota listeners, this is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked On Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Locked On Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Locked On Wild to your device every day.